0: What's good? What's good, fans? Thank you guys for tuning in to another fantastic week of Voice of the Fans podcast. I got my man Clevon chilling in the northwest. How you doing up there? What's the weather like, Mr. Clevon?
1: Oh, we're doing okay, Cam. It's not uh, spectacular. Uh, You know how the 206 is. You rain showers here and there and a a few uh, sun breaks here and there. But, uh, yeah, it doesn't feel like summer just yet.
0: Well, it's summer down here, man. We had another ninety degree day. And today we have Mr. Landon Buford, writer extraordinary. I don't know who he's writing for now. He's writing for seven different publications in the past twelve months. So Mr. Landon, how you doing? <laughs> I'm well, uh, I'm I'm writing I'm working for myself nowadays,
2: Cam. Okay. All right. Well, I'm working for myself nowadays,
0: trying to build my own for-
2: platform like you are, sir.
0: Uh, hey, I'm working hard at it, man, trying to follow your lead. Let the people know where they can find you and, and what platforms they can find your work.
2: They, you can find me on things such as Sports Illustrated, com. That's where my old stuff is. My newer stuff will be on com, and I got a couple podcasts in the works.
0: Okay. Well, thanks for joining the Voice of the Fans podcast. We always like having you on. Let's talk about – uh, this week, in this rundown, what we're going to talk about is the NFL and Colin Kaepernick. It's kind of obviously there's a union that's going on right now. We're going to talk about the NBA's return later on. We're also going to talk about some NASCAR. There's some interesting news, in NASCAR that we want to touch on, Cleveland and I. As always, we're going to talk about this day in history. And then, for the end of the show, we're going to have identify the top 10 wide receivers going into 2020 mm-hmm. in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We also have our new segment, Clamp Cleavon. You guys got to stay tuned for that. Well, Cleavon claims to be our knower of all sports. Let's see how he does with the NFL and the specific topic revolving around wide receivers. <laughs> Interested to see how he does on this one. Also want to give a shout out to our listeners listening to us on RISE Radio. And all you listeners who tune in across the world, however you listen to us on iHeartRadio, on Tuned on Spotify, Apple Apple Podcast, Google Podcasts. We thank you guys for tuning in as always. So now let's get into the show. June 10, 2020. This is week ninety two, Mr. Cleavon. Week ninety two, the show keeps rolling. And I was told about fifty weeks ago that there's no content that we can have for a full a full off season. We've been able to go through the off-season of the NFL through the quarantine shutdown and still create great content for you guys to listen into. to. So we thank you guys for listening to Cleveland. That has to make you feel good, right?
1: Oh, man, I stand corrected. We can chit-chat about sports all day long. Let's continue to do so.
0: So we have, with it being June 10, we always look at our numbers, number 10, week 92. Let's get our let's let our guests go first with the number ten. When you hear to think about the number ten, who wore it best, or who comes to your mind first?
2: Sue Bird, since she's got three championships and she represents the two six very well.
0: Okay, that's fair enough. Sue Bird, uh, she was on my list. She just wasn't in the top top few on my list. So that's a that's a good list. What about the number ninety? Well, no, go ahead with the Cleveland with your number ten.
1: So I uh, like that Sue Bird. Uh, The first person that comes to mind for me, however, is uh, the creator of the UTEP two-step, a cat named Tim Hardaway. Played for the Golden State Warriors and then played for the Miami Heat. Um, I I, I had the fortunate opportunity to perfect the UTEP two-step, and it's killing. That crossover is, for me, better than Kobe's better than Al Iverson's, it's just, it's so short and compact, and cats are just like, they don't even understand what happens. to them. Who wore it the best, however, is a soccer player from Brazil, a guy by the name of Pele, and all the greats were number ten in tribute to what he was able to accomplish. So, who wasn't the number of the best, without question, is Pele. Well,
0: I... That's not why Jim Jordan wore number ten, was it? In tribute to Pele, was it?
1: It was not. A, it was not in tribute to Pele. No, <laughs> he was. He was a great left-handed quarterback. But uh, yeah, no. <laughs> um,
0: I, Jim Jordan comes to my mind, obviously only because he was a quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks for uh, so many years. But the uh, Nate McMillan is also a guy who comes to my mind. But I thought who wore it best might have been Walt Clyde Frazier, Clyde the Glide, and. Uh, Mm-hmm. Pretty fortunate enough to meet that guy some months ago. So that's that was my listen. I did actually just write down Mr. Tim Hardaway just as, um, just before the show started. So that was a great call, Mr. Cleveland. Um, number ninety two. Who you got for number ninety two, uh, Mr. Landon? Reggie White. Yeah, clear and simple. That was that was easy um, easy peasy. Who do you got, Mr. Cleveland?
1: Oh, I concur. It's Reggie White, the Minister of Defense, without questions.
0: Okay, nobody has um, Haynesworth when he was... Uh,
1: before he was a one-hit wonder. No, no, nobody has Haynesworth.
0: No. <laughs> He's a one-hit he oh. wonder. Okay, fellas, man, as you guys know, it's been a, um, a trying week for the country. A wild week for the sports world. Interesting interesting couple of weeks for our country. Um, and please go take time, what's good in sports, find my article about the NFL and their reaction to George Floyd's death. Um, you guys will see kind of some of my thoughts that I won't air them all here on the podcast, but you'll see some of my thoughts and how I feel about what this week has been. I think it's been a good week. I think there's been some silver linings this week but you what's good in sports you see the article that I wrote uh, uh, pinned here just shortly ago short time ago Um, guys what's your thoughts on Drew Brees um, he got himself in some hot water last week but I like the way I was a little disappointed with him for a couple of days but I like the way he rebounded when he responded to Donald Trump your polis uh, what's you guys what's your guys thoughts on Drew Brees his initial comments and then his his response to uh, the POTUS.
1: So where I go with that, Cam, is that um, you know, the breezy, as I like to refer to him, <clears throat> is uh is done a whole lot for the city of New Orleans. And when things were bad, when things were with Katrina, he didn't be like, Oh, that's just so bad for those guys that are going through that. He definitely stepped up as a leader. He definitely stepped up as somebody that was representing his city to the fullest. And when they won the Super Bowl shortly thereafter, it was just a great experience for the city. They have not won a major championship in any other sport. Drew Brees did bring that to them. That being said, I thought that his comments were extremely tone-deaf and extremely insensitive, but unlike other people, (laughs) he definitely um, embraced the controversy. He, He admitted his fault and has, you know, positioned himself to go forward with being better about, you know, representing what's really going on. So, unlike other people that are like, no, he said what he said, he did what he did, and he can't take it back, I feel like he really genuinely is taking it back and wants to be a better person for the experience. Now, other people may disagree with me, black, white, Chinese, whatever. I'm just saying... I think that he realizes the mistake that he made, and that he's willing to correct it and move forward. And we'll so you, how so you're
0: willing. So you're saying Drew Brees built up enough uh, credit, personal credit, to kind of take a, a misstep or have a misword, and that rebound his rebound kind of um, put him back on his uh, on regular footing and give put him back in, in good light. With you, is that what I'm hearing you say?
1: And that's really good. I mean, I guess for lack of a better word, yes. I think it could have been like throwing the press release out there that, you know, some, uh, you know, English major from Harvard wrote for him and it just sounds good and so sorry. Oh, so, you know, I wasn't thinking, you know, I'm so sensitive and this and that, but the fact that he's just taking it on just, you know, embracing everything that's that's going on and wants to be a better person for it I I think I I think that he's built up enough goodwill credibility and goodwill to give him the benefit of the doubt. Other people would okay. think differently that's, like he said what he said and that's, you know he's revealed yeah. his true self and that's who he is and I'm like I don't really uh He's done a little bit too much for me to like. Just think that, but okay. maybe I'm
0: wrong. Okay, uh, Landon, what's your thought?
2: I think after he discussed things with his teammates, <laughs> and it seemed like he was about to lose the locker room, he came back and uh, and said, "I apologize," um, which was which which I I thought was okay. But I think when Trump popped in, clout chasing as we like to call it, um, it went the total wrong way and he had to come out and say, Yeah, I don't agree with what Trump is saying um one hundred percent or whatever. I didn't read his um uh his apology for uh after Trump uh got a hold of it, so I apologize. But uh it seemed like after that happened he uh went out and said that I now I get where people are coming from type of thing. That's that's what I got out of it afterwards. Because I know teammates were unfollowing on Twitter, and I know Shaq came out and said that um, don't let this, uh, don't let the media rip you, rip your team apart like they did us back in the early 2000s as well. So I felt like he felt like the team was set being separated, and of course, with him being the leader, uh, that's not a good look on the team.
0: Well, I mean, he was he was part of that, so yeah. Um, but I respect where Cleveland is coming from. So I, I, I do – I agree either. I mean, excuse me, I, I agree with with Cleveland as well. There was goodwill built up, true enough. He had goodwill built up. However, when he said that his, his, his comments came out, I think that was Thursday of last week. So mm-hmm. it was after four days of this rioting and protesting going on. But yet he still wanted to reflect on what the flag meant to him and only him and not paying attention, as you mentioned, Caliban, it was tone deaf. He wasn't paying attention how half of America felt about the flag, how half of America felt about what was going on in this country. He was still focused on him. And then he tried He tried to bring up, well, this is what the flag means to me, or his Colin Kaepernick protesting was disrespecting the flag. That was never the case. That was um, – That was the Republican side of you and not to bring politics into it, but that's exactly where he came from. And all these years later, still not acknowledging that there was a half of the country looking and seeing things a little differently. So he lost me. I lost lost a lot of respect for Drew Brees with his comment. Neither of his apologies, regardless of who he spoke to, meant anything to me. The first one was like Clewan said, his, his Harvard publicist wrote it. The second one was because he nobody really appreciated that that apology. Um, so he felt he needed to give it another try. Well, they both fell flat, in, in my opinion. The both apologies fell flat. However, his response to Donald Trump was after after both apologies fell flat, after hearing from his, his locker room, after having to talk with Melvin Jenkins, his apology then, when he says, I realize this is a, this is what he quoted in an Instagram post. I realize this is not an issue about the American flag. It has never been. We can no longer use the flag to turn people away and or distract them from the real issues that face our black communities. And he went on to have to say anything else. But that, those two sentences right there clearly show that he's listened, he's hearing people, and he wasn't caught in this cocoon that he's been in for apparently the last four or five years. What he did when in, in Katrina when he first, or in New Orleans after Katrina hit, when he first got there, you know, I could see, and I thought it was great, Jester, don't get me wrong, but after Thursday, I was, in his initial comments, I was like, okay, he he was just buying some people, buying some fans, which he signed a big contract. He gives a few million dollars to him. It's a tax write-off. He, he's trying to buy some goodwill. And not to take anything away from what he was actually doing, but that's kind of how I felt in response to the comments that he gave. But I thought his response to Trump, when Trump was trying to to him just to say, hey, I think Bruce should stand. Um, or I think he should stand and rip the flag how I ripped the flag, but he's like, no, I can't do that. Here's why I can't do that. I thought that said a lot more about him and the character than either of the, his apologies did, in my opinion. what do you guys think? I agree. Like I said, I didn't. I think that it took the Trump
2: um, voicing his opinion for Reeves to come out and say what we what we wanted
0: him to say at the beginning. You know
2: what I'm saying? Well,
0: more or less. I, I I think that was a quick a quicker response, whether his Harvard publicist wrote that or not, I think it was a quicker response and it was more heartfelt and passionate response. I appreciate that. Your thoughts, Cleavon.
1: Yeah, I think that if he just would have let that ride and just had no comment to it whatsoever and no uh rebuttal to what Trump was saying it, it definitely would have looked as if, you know, he was just trying to smooth things over public relations-wise. But again, like I go back to what I was saying, he's been in New Orleans for quite some time. I mean, before the comments, he was kind of like a, you know, a, probably the biggest sports figure in the state of Louisiana. I mean, you know, he's yeah, certainly, by certainly. exaggerating certainly. by saying that. I think, no, I no, think that, that he's...
0: Focus is- the closest is Zion right now. But other than that,
1: Drew, well, Drew Brees. Is- no, and, and- yeah, and his- Zion and Zion's a rookie that's played like twenty five games.
0: Right. Drew right. Brees
1: has played like twelve years there and won a and brought a super bowl back. Brought a
0: super bowl, right, and yeah. was
1: there through the worst, you know
0: catastrophe. The worst yeah.
1: time in their history. Yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. exactly. So he should have been like, Oh, okay. You know, i am just get to, you know, stand on the fence, but to- he jumps right into the fridge. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, I
0: appreciate I appreciate his response again much more than I appreciated either one of his uh, apologies. And oh I God, think, he, what do you sorry. think? Um, I'm so no. Go ahead, Landon, What's your thought? I was going to
2: say uh, the only person that received more scrutiny uh, for comments last week than uh, Drew Brees was Little Wayne.
0: Little Wayne, fill us in. I'm so not, basically, I think
2: he he, he, he he was saying how um, a white cop um, saved his life, so he was kind of,
0: you know, um, appreciative of the police and stuff like that. But No, he, well, I, well, I would take that back and say Michael yes. Michael Porter Jr. probably had the worst um, – received just as much backlash But he said, uh, you know, we have to look at the cops as well as and not just look at Michael Brown. We have to pray for the cops and pray for their families as well. I think Michael Porter's comments were probably worse. <laughs> <laughs> did you hear that? No,
1: I didn't hear about that. This is the first I time did I, heard. I did hear that and that was like, Wow. Yeah. yeah like yeah.
0: That right. sounded
1: like he was definitely living in the Shire a little bit too long and <laughs> I started to yeah. get back into the oh, you were homeschooled and you weren't very social and Yeah, right, right. Ten. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Okay.
0: Whoever
2: told you to t- say that was not a good idea.
1: Yeah. That
0: was- yeah. Yeah. I think. Yeah. He should have ran back, Ran that by his publicist. Publicist. Whatever yeah. school they graduated from. <clears throat> um, what did you guys make of the NFL players video? I thought that was pretty touching. Um, it was pretty touching how it all started. If you guys heard that backstory, but the players actually coming out with the video and saying this is what we want the owners to say. Um, what were your thoughts on that?
1: Um, for me, it's always kind of a touchy subject when you're asking billionaires to do anything that they don't want to do, and I think that everyone—I I shouldn't say everyone—but there are a lot of owners within the NFL that have a much bigger uh, platform than we realize, and so the the nature of what's going on and how touchy of a subject it is. I'm not surprised that a lot of owners are just not just all gung-ho about, yeah, black lives matter and you should new and this and that. I mean, they just, they're looking at those bottom lines first and foremost. And they're looking at the backlash of anything that they have to say. And so it's always in their best position to stay as neutral as possible because they have billion color corporations outside of their billion dollar entity which is their NFL team. So mm-hmm. it's not surprising that they don't say anything. It's not surprising that they don't do anything. I know a lot of people have been coming at Jerry Jones uh and a few other people. It's like what do you really expect for them to say? Right. Especially when you are on a team in Texas. I mean it's like okay, let's, you know, one of the most Republican you know States and the Union. So, so it's, like, and it's, like you're it's completely alienating, like, 70% of your base. And I was just looking at, uh, I think Cam sent me this, the list of the top 32 uh, attendance teams. And Dallas gets, like, 96,000 people a game. And it's 20,000 more than anybody else. It's like they blow everybody else away. So how... Are you going to come out with a statement that's like I mean, Jerry Jones is not coming out with a Black Lives Matter shirt on? And if black <laughs> people are expecting that, it's like that's ludicrous, man. It's it well, has no benefit to him. Right. Well
0: well we don't have to talk about this and, and I guess we we can bring it up being that somebody's down there in Texas, um, not that he's gonna not that he's gonna come out with a black lives matter T shirt on, but has has have we heard anything from Jerry? Uh, no, on, on the subject. Do she, no, will we hear anything from Jerry on no. this, on this issue? Jerry is about his bottom line. He's about what, his bottom line. And so, bottom line, what happens when that Prescott? Well, even if he gets signed, if he's on a team, or Ezekiel Elliott decides to take a knee, what's going to happen then? Mark Cooper, uh, C.D. Lamb decides to take a knee before a game. Uh, What's going to be their punishment? How is he going to respond? Well, in the past,
2: he said if anybody is caught kneeling, they won't be playing on my team anymore. That's
0: what I. That's what I'm saying. So, he so he's just going to cut his hair. I,
2: I mean, it. I. I mean, the only person that he doesn't see that, as value is that because if he saw him as value, he would be paid already, right? So, okay. So,
0: um,
1: you and, guys are talking four years ago, though. You guys are talking four years ago. I mean, Jerry Jones is old. Jerry Jerry Jones is white. But he's not so tone deaf as to, like, continue to go with that platform. Clean, clean we, even, haven't even heard, with we, we haven't
0: heard one word. We, even, even Dolan in the Knicks and MS Madison Square Garden came out and said something. We haven't heard a piece.
1: Dolan really didn't say anything. But like,
0: okay. the, reason,
1: okay. the reason that Jerry Jones is not saying anything, again, is back to my point. What is his base? Right.
2: And if they His if it's not Texas,
1: so you can only be so vocal and outspoken about and this. But trying of, to find people and kicking them off the team if they kneel, that ain't that ain't gonna happen.
2: Well but think about it this not way. Now. If they were, if they were really worried about it, uh I mean if they were really paying too much attention of it, Kaepernick would have a, would have had a job four years ago when he when he started this movement.
1: But he so, hasn't had a
0: job he hasn't had a job since. Okay, all right. So I think I asked Cleveland this last week.
1: Uh,
0: Landon, do you expect a team to sign Colin Kaepernick? And does do you think Colin wants to play still, or would well, we, he rather we... would he rather continue this? Uh, be in a position where everybody wants to see him, like you know, like the backup quarterback. Everybody wants to see you, but if you don't have to go out there. Like you're you're the greatest guy in town. Oh man, they should have gave you a shot. Oh man, uh, too bad what happened to you. But does, should a team give him a shot? And does yes. he want to play? Does, does he want to play? He's he's been vocal and said
2: he's wanted to play, so I have to take him at word value, right? Face value, right? Okay. Yeah. Should should he should he should he be given an opportunity? Yes. Where should he be playing as far as opportunity? I would try to go after a backup role. I mean, you know, there's there's a lot of quarterbacks that are probably going to get hurt. You can you can slide him right in there. Some place that I think that he should go since they're talking about it and since they have a coach that's actually voicing his opinion on it, who happens to be the president of the uh of the team as well, um is the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, you know, what a better scenario to get back at the 49ers? <laughs> At, th- at least twice a year, maybe three, depending on how well the season goes.
0: Twice um, you, in the playoffs.
2: Play twice is to play. Uh, is to
0: play in Seattle. I mean that's that's not a bad, that's not a bad I- idea. So, um,
2: but you know, Cheryl, does, 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 does that put
0: does that put any pressure on number three, who's no. the current quarterback, who's who's the highest paid guy in the league? Does that put any pressure at, on him at all? No, okay. by no means. Okay, All right. By
2: no means, it's Russ. It's Russell's team. But that doesn't okay. mean putting pressure on him. If he gets okay. hurt, we'll have a we have a decent backup that is, um, a, a capable of still leading us to a Super Bowl. Because guess what? He led the Forty Nineers
0: oh, to a Super oh, Bowl. Oh boy! I mean, come on, Seahawks and Super Bowl two thousand twenty in the same sentence. Come on.
2: You were this. You were just coming from a Dolphins fan that hasn't seen the playoffs since nineteen ninety nine. So. <laughs> You, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? And Dan Marino was still
0: your quarterback Ooh. at that point.
1: Ooh. <laughs> and he, that, and has no been,
0: that has no bearing. How many years you know, now? I don't know how the Dolphins come into conversation when you're talking about Seahawks making the Super Bowl. I'm pointing something Wait, out.
2: What have you done for me lately? We've been to the Super Bowl, or the Sea. I'm sorry, the Seahawks have been to the Super Bowl most recent twice recently since the Dolphins have. It's been almost – I was nine Three years times.
1: Ago. Three times, Landon. Three times.
2: Three times. Oh,
1: sorry,
2: three times. Gosh. I'm sorry, I forgot about 2005. Oh, I forgot These about guys. 2005. But I was the Dolphins. nine years old, and the last time they won a Super Bowl, I wasn't even alive yet. So I did not both of guys from talking about the I'm, I'm
0: banning all dolphin talk on this show, especially from I YouTube, bet, because you know what time it is. Uh, especially Ooh. from YouTube. <laughs> it's so, just like the Clippers. It's a wrap. Well, we're gonna to get to that long um, later on if you have time to stick around. Yes, I have. All right, so talk talk time. about Roger Goodell's video that apparently appeared to be prompted by the players' video when they told Mister Roger Goodell, "This is what we want the owners to to say. We want them to acknowledge. Um, we need the National Football League to say we, the National Football League, condemn racism and the systematic oppression of black people." Uh, which was a powerful statement, which was a powerful uh, stance to take to convince your bosses to go public with that. Well, your boss's boss to go public with that statement. Um, how will that impact other owners as Jerry Jones um, in this coming season when players do strike? Because now, we'll not strike, but go on protest. Because now we have to hear Jerry Jones take that stance that he took four years ago and say, if any player on my team kneels, they'll be cut and kicked off the Cowboys squad. How do you guys feel that Goodell taking that stance? Does that put pressure on Jerry Jones and his counterparts to kind of have the same mindset? It's
1: very interesting thing, Cam. Again, let's go back to it and let's stick with it. Billionaires. Yeah, Don't like to be told what to do Understood. and how they should behave and how they should react to certain things that don't really actually affect them at all. So it all comes back to that. I think that they would be extremely unwise not to be sensitive to the climate that's going on right now and what people are doing and how people are thinking. So to just say, Hey man, I'm just not going to do any of that stuff that you guys are talking about. would be really, really weird at this time. And once you understand that the NFL is 75% black, even weirder, because now you're alienating your whole entire roster, right? So that's part of it. But, I mean, again, give those guys credit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, just, they, could, they, they could have just you know, held tough, like, no, when you come uh, to the game and the flag comes out, there ain't going to be no kneeling or you got to stay in the locker room. This dude came out point blank and said, God damn, when Colin was doing that stuff, we were wrong. I mean, when have you ever heard – A commissioner of any sports say we were wrong in the way that we handled it. Maybe we should have handled it differently. Um, Maybe things didn't turn out the way we anticipated. He straight up said we were wrong. And the reason that he said he was wrong is because of the way the movement has gone and the way the protests have gone. It's because when people are rioting and looting and being extremely angry and emotional, what you want them to do is just be calm, take any bring light to the situation when you have an audience. which is exactly what Colin was trying to do. It was taken completely different four years ago. But they see the error in their ways. And if they were just to kind of you know, to continue to stay on that same page, that same mindset, they would lose everyone, right? Not every not everyone, but they would lose such a large percentage of what sure. the base is sure. that sure. 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 they couldn't take that chance, right?
0: Your your thoughts on Roger Gazelle video, Mister Landon?
2: I think he was he took the stance that he probably should have taken four years ago. Um. But I know he has to answer to owners that think the way that um, they're just not coming out and saying it, that they think the way that Donald Sterling thought about what the Clippers thought about, but basically they're not coming out and saying this is what we're doing for them. This is what we're we're paying them to do and things of that nature. So now it's better for them to be quiet. Like Clevon said, bottom line is, you know, if they if they don't, Try to come in, go, come into some people's command. You guys, hold on, you guys know I'm here doing a, a, a podcast, right? Um, sorry, guys. Um, and um, it's t- you know we need to you know we'll let him say something so we don't have to be on camera and having us actually one by one being asked
0: why we didn't do this
2: this back then. Sorry, okay. I, I lost
0: my train of thought. Okay, let me ask you. Let me ask you this, Mister um, Seahawk Insider. Now that, on a different subject, now that the Seahawks have signed Carlos Carlos Hyde, do we, is that going to be their number one running back? Does he immediately become the best running back on the team? Well, with
2: Carson and Penny still recovering from injuries and he's the, the most healthiest running back on the roster right now and he did have a season last year a decent season last year with the Houston Texans if i'm not mistaken um yeah for right now yes he's the best running back on the on the on the roster healthy running back on the roster right now um you know you got you got uh DJ Dallas that came from Miami and you got Trevor uh Travis Homer but he might be cut to make room for uh Clownies. Return, along with uh, a couple other individuals. So, to answer your question, and without giving the running around, for right now, yes, he's the best running back on the roster right now. Right, right now doesn't I mean like that they won't bring. It. Doesn't mean that they won't bring back smoke but uh, for for right now, yes, Hyde is the best running back on the on the roster
0: right now. I think even even with a healthy roster, um, everybody healthy, all things being even, he is the best running back on their team. What's your thoughts, Mister Cleveland?
1: With all due respect to my man, that reps the 206 to the fullest. I mean, no, <laughs> the best running back on the team is still Chris Carson. Oh. The question is just how healthy he is oh my to God. run the I ball. I think
0: healthy though. And the question,
1: and the, and the question, the question is whether he, he can overcome his fumbling situation. Uh, who's the best running? The north, who's, who's the best running back on the team? Oh no, it's still Chris Carson. He's still the guy that's the, that, that, that's the Bell character, maybe the 12, the 1,400 yards. Um, He's spelled by, hopefully, um, after week 9 or 10, we'll start I think Carlos Hyde is, an, is a nice alternative and a great insurance policy. And, again, we all know how Pete Carroll does this. You guys just all get into camp and you're weird to see what's happening. Yeah. So that's exactly. basically the, the – the, He's extended the invitation to him as if, okay, well, you know, on paper, it looks like you're going to be number two. But you know how I do. On paper, doesn't mean anything. You come right. in here and you do it. If you yeah. can beat out the
0: guy who fumbles every game, then you got to take then, the card.
1: Then, it, then it's your job. Yeah.
0: yeah and
1: and it would be no hard feelings for anyone. You've seen how I've done this since Russell Wilson on Down the Line. You've seen how I've made Doug Baldwin an undrafted receiver my number one guy. You've seen how I made a fifth-round pick, the best shutdown corner in the league. You did not play around with the salaries. You did not play around with your draft pick situation. You did not play around with your high season fee contract coming in. You have a chance to come in and compete. I still think Chris Carson is the guy. Well sorry, I mean, we like Land
0: say, And you like broken eggs too, I bet. Um fellas, let's take a let's take a break here. We're gonna come back, Landon. If you wanna stick with us, man, we got some NBA conversation, we like your feedback on. Yeah. All right, let's take a break here, fellas.
2: Well yeah, I know I know what you're talking about. As far as the as far as the Carson, yes, he can't if he can stay healthy, then yes, he's definitely the best running back on the on the roster.
0: But he's fumbling. Oh. He, he fumbles.
2: Yeah. Well, he's far.
1: "Did he's got so, yeah. well, him. He is Tiki Barber. Well,
0: Tiggy improved
1: that, but I mean, but on, he, 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 I just so, so you know, you know what's the most disappointing pick to me this whole draft was? You guys <laughs> but, was when Buffalo took Zach Moss. Man, I was like, oh, man. we need
2: a runner back.
1: I was like, he is set to Seahawks. Like, how could they let him get to play?
0: No, I think the worst thing, the, the Dolphins taking a cornerback, a nickel cornerback at 28 when we had a running back on the board because they still don't have a running back. But,
1: um, yeah.
0: You
1: guys had a running back. You guys traded <laughs> don't, him. Don't get me started, man. Don't get me started, bro. Just like a gas gaskin, man. Come on, now. Oh boy. Miles <laughs> Gas <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he, he can bounce around. He's, he's jittery. Clevon, <laughs> <Yeah, he's jittery.
2: laughs> what do you think about the, the the draft pick that we picked in the first round? Do you I mean do people think that he's uh he might be the replacement for K J Wright?
1: What people are thinking up here, honestly, is that he was the best player available when everything that they had in place fell apart and that they were really looking like two years down the line. Because cause linebacker is the strongest part of the Hawks right now. Right. Other, other than Russell, obviously. But, I and mean, like that's he, the second strongest part.
2: With Shaquem Griffin. I mean uh the the cornerback they're thinking about they might get rid of him too and I'm like what are you guys doing like I mean you you finally had somebody that was going to be the air care to help replace Browner on the other side right and then you let uh, then you let Sherm walk basically
1: So what everyone is saying is that they're just like trying to forecast like okay well He's starting to get too expensive. That's what they're saying. It's not like they don't want to keep him. Cause he's a pro bowler. He was a pro bowler last year. Right. So they're just like, okay, well, I don't know if he if he wants Shurm money. Well, we're not going to give him Shurm money. He hasn't shown Shurm ability, right? Right. Because that's always been the C.I.S. way. It's like, okay, it's the, the second time we got to pay you, we got to pay you really big. And we'll pay you really big if you're that big. It's right. The third time that it's like, God damn, dude. And, I just and, don't know. And
2: Russell might get four hundred million.
1: <laughs>
2: <The last laughs> Russell Wilson because, might get four hundred million dollars. Because, because, uh, because they Patrick they have seen
1: how consistently he is, right? Yeah. 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 yeah if they and if Patrick don't Mahomes is gonna get
2: three shop him because, if they they three. Don't shop before then.
0: end. And they don't they're shop him they're not gonna shop him. All right, oh wow. Oh all back, all back to your shopping,
2: yeah we will trade them to Miami if you give us the first, the first for the next 15 years. We'll trade into to Miami. All
0: right, fellas, welcome back to Voice of the Fans. Appreciate Mr. Landon Buford, bona fide star, TV star. Writer, reporter, covering all things Texas and now Seattle Seahawks. Mr. Landon, got some questions for you, man, about this NBA season. Mm-hmm. And I know you've been down there rubbing elbows with Mark Cuban. So I want to know do you think there should be a loser's bracket? Because as they're going to take 22 teams to go into the bubble in Orlando, what about the other teams that, should, that aren't playing that didn't make that? 22 team roster should there be a losers bracket in Orlando so even these players can get warmed up and and get get some blood pumping because if they if not those teams will have nine months off as opposed to these other teams who get a chance to play competitive basketball in going into next year what's your thoughts on that
1: I mean
2: I really didn't think about it that way but as far as You know that would give the opportunity for people to actually see Vince Carter leave. You know, give a proper send off. Yeah, I mean, because obviously, if that if that's not the case, he like his career is over. Like literally, it's it's done. He said he's not coming back next year. And the only the only outside of that, I don't feel bad for any of the teams that didn't make it. That's just my opinion. They like Stephen A. Smith said a couple. I think earlier this week said they had an opportunity to at the beginning of the season to. You know, um, write their own destiny, but we kind of have a feeling of who's going to be in the playoffs by the way the teams are structured, barring any injuries. Um, but um, pretty much, yeah, um, I would, I mean, I would, it, the only reason why I would want to see it is because I would want to see the NBA give Vince Carter a proper send off.
0: Okay, I didn't really consider that. What, what's your thoughts, Mr. Cleveland?
1: No, no they're losers. Playoffs are for winners. We don't do losers' practice, especially in the NBA of all sports. Maybe in another sport we could kind of do that and kind of figure out who would have been uh, fourth or fifth or whatever. But no, not in oh, the man.
0: Okay, but I, I understand what you're saying, but this is in the regular season. They didn't get to play through April, and knowing that their season was over, and now they have to get ready for the next season. Everybody shut down in March. And with 18 games to go. These guys half of the more than half of the league is going to get a chance to get ramped back up and play competitive basketball. Whereas the teams who didn't make the cut, they would have played 9 months without they would have went 9 months without playing competitive basketball. That's unheard of.
1: And no they if right they were now. if they were better they would have been able to uh you know, participate, but no. Oh, no I don't God. have any sympathy. Guy. Feel sorry.
0: I listen to this guy. Okay. <laughs> um. Now, on, in, I'm interested to hear your feedback on this, Mr. Landon. Coaches, as we know, are in that demographic where they're some of the most prone to getting sick and coming down with this coronavirus during this pandemic. Some of the older what is it, 55 to 75, are more Mm -hmm. susceptible. We have a lot of coaches that are in that age group. Including the one down
2: here in Dallas, yes.
0: That should the coaches, you know, Cleveland, we had this conversation a few weeks ago about should NFL players sign waivers to play? Should the coaches now sign waivers to play or to coach during the pandemic in Orlando? If they, or should the league kind of say no? Some well, the league has already said some of the older coaches won't be able to coach because they're limiting the rosters or they're limiting the travel size of the teams. Should the player should the coaches sign waivers for them to be able to coach? Should the NBA make them sign waivers? Your guys' thoughts. What's your thoughts, Landon?
2: I would say no, but I know we're in a we're in a world that everybody's quick to sue people nowadays. Yeah, <laughs> in, yeah. in every industry, so you have to protect the product. So yes, I think the coaches should have to sign waivers if they decide to coach. Now, some of those coaches have younger coaches on their roster, so I mean I know within the competitiveness of the league that they are, it's not just on the you know on the floor the coaches as well. I know, I know. Pop is not is somebody that is not gonna. You, you can't tell him that he's not going to be on the sidelines. So, um.
0: I so think what team? Not... What team was it? There was a team in college football, I believe it was, where the coaches had surgery, and he was coaching from the press box on the hospital bed. Do You guys recall that? I think that was just this past season.
2: Was it was
0: it uh was it uh the dude from Texas? Was it uh was it uh who was the dude's name? He I really, he was, I really don't recall
1: which team it was. Cam. I Cam. Cam, 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 Cam. Yeah. Come on. To that he, was he was <laughs> observing he was observing from his from his hospital bed. You can't actively coach. Come on, man! What are you
0: talking about? <laughs> listen, listen! If you want to,
1: he's, a per- coach, he's really to interested in what happens, coach. and he might be able to, like, you know, check somebody hey, do this. But come on, man! Oh, no, you're like coaching.
0: So that so. So to my point, they, these guys can't coach from the locker room, mm-hmm. and I think I don't know if you were bringing that up, Landon, with the younger coaches. Like Pop can't tell Becky Hammond to get in, uh, in. LaMarcus to had. switch
1: here, to switch here, well, switch off a hand, and when you're coming down, run this play. No, yeah. to be honest, of course to be
2: honest with you. Pop obviously tried to silence. They tried to silence her when they did the challenge earlier this year. So I, and obviously, if, if they didn't listen to her, they wouldn't have won that challenge. So I think Becky, in particular, if you're going to bring her up, is more qualified than a lot of the assistant coaches that are on the. Uh, well, I was
0: just I mean, I'm just talking about. He, he could be any coach, I, you know. Just her, because she she's a coach on the on the Spurs. But I right. would just, just any coach, um, they can't as Cleveland to Cleveland's point, they can't really coach from the locker room. They can't coach from the press box. They, you know, they had for them to do their thing and and the team to hear them and feel them. They need to be there on the sideline. So that, I mean, I just think that brings a an interesting scenario, with they having these, you know, Corona being in the air. Although everybody's being tested. You know, it's a, it's a passionate game when they get. Once again, thanks for tuning in to the voice of the fans podcast. Please subscribe, rate and review our podcast. Thank you for making our voice your choice. Have a wonderful day.